to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 168th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. My highlight of the week was last night's Patriots hanging on to beat the New York Jets in Thursday night football. And after starting the season with a bunch of blowouts, the last two weeks of Thursday Night Football have uh, been a couple pretty good games, basically down to the last play, if not the last minute. But fascinating game last night. Uh, You got to hand it to the Jets. They showed up to play in this rivalry, uh, if you can still call it that. uh, Still produces good games, no matter what the team's records are. Um... The weather held up. I'm here 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, where I'm broadcasting from. And it was an absolutely horrific day all day long yesterday. Rain, wind, sheets of rain. And uh, they were calling for it to be equally bad last night. But whatever was here moved out. So it really did not turn out to be much of a factor whatsoever, the weather. And uh, But the Jets' ground game was just very impressive. Uh, all credit to Bill Cower on the pregame show, saying that you know that was what the Jets had to do to make it competitive, and that's exactly what they did. Chris Ivory went over 100 yards. Uh, you know, after the opening series where, on like the third play of the game, Brady... Uh, Hits Shane Vereen, completely, totally wide open. Um, And you just thought, that's it. They're off and running, and this is just going to be a blowout. But that's not at all what happened. The Jets stayed steady and really made it an absolutely fascinating game in every way. I mean, what more can you ask for than uh, coming down to the last play of the game? A 58-yard field goal attempt by Nick Folk, who had absolutely booming kicks all night long. In fact, an earlier one, I guess CBS has new technology. It was pretty cool where uh, they can tell how long a kick would have been good from. Uh, Don't think I've seen that before. And he kicked about a 48-yarder, and they said it would have been good from 58. Lo and behold, Last play of the game, that's exactly what the kick is, 58. So you knew he could make it. Uh, but the flip side was, he had, you know, in those situations, you have to kick it uh, low 
to get that distance, more of a line drive at least to start with. And uh, Patriots got up, Chris Jones got a big paw on it, knocked it down, and that was that as time expired. So it was just really terrific, terrific theater. And again, these two teams really, really do not like each other. Uh, as it's known up here in New England, it's Jets Week. And Jets Week are simply unlike any other. I've sat through a gazillion press conferences over at Gillette Stadium, Belichick, Brady, and the like. And Jets Week's always different. And last night we saw why. Uh, on the flip side, Patriots, as they often do, they won. They hung in there. They lost, uh, you know, hours before kickoff. They had put Shane Vereen and Jared Mayo on injured reserve out for the year. Mayo is the key to the defense. I would think that maybe had a little something to do with how basically the Jets held the ball for two-thirds of the game. And, uh, you know, but the Patriots, that's why they're the Patriots. They, you know, they, they find ways to win games they should win. And last night was certainly one of those. And uh, but again, just you know, great theater. Uh, can't ask for really much more out of a football game than that. Um, so, moving on, my bizarre story of the week and sticking, uh, or my low light of the week, sticking with football was you know Jameis Winston, just again mired in controversy. It just you know. Where does it end? And this time it's, you know, uh, two things going on concurrently, which is the student conduct hearing as well as the autographs and did he receive money. Uh, I, I put that in the victimless crime category. <laughs> um, I am a believer that these college kids should be making money uh, from the billions that the university makes off them. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Um, Again, Jameis Winston, where does it end? This week it's before the biggest uh, game of the year so far. The game of the year up to this point. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, ABC. Notre Dame at Florida State. Uh, should be a great one. Um, but Jameis Winston always has you know, something going on. And again, he has this, this week he has two before the biggest uh, game of the year. And... It would just be nice to, you know, be talking about football for this game because it is a big one, should be a good one. And again, this guy is just, uh, it's just nonstop with him, to say the least. Uh, but tune in tomorrow for uh, more football, and I'm sure there'll be stuff happening between now and then. My bizarre story of the week was the way in which the Kansas City Royals and the San Francisco Giants made it to the World Series, the style of play. Uh, and by the way, the Kansas City Royals are in the World Series. Let that just sink in for a minute. Uh, that's bizarre in and of itself. It's been 29 years, and uh, as you all know, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I, uh, I, I thought that it was going to be the Pirates, the team I grew up with. It was going to come back from 20, 30 years of uh, uh, being irrelevant to make some noise in the playoffs and, and make it to the World Series. Uh, obviously, it did not happen. Giants, Madison Bumgarner put a stop to that this year, and then last year they just lost to the Cardinals. 
uh, and Michael Waka, who uh, I was watching last night give up the game-winning home run uh, to the Giants in the bottom of the ninth to send them to the World Series. But again, both teams have done it. Uh, the Royals through um, defense, bullpen, bunting, scratching out runs, base stealing, just amazing. And then, of course, the power showed up in the, uh, in the postseason. Giants, I mean... They won last, and they finally, you know, found the long ball last night. But prior to that, they were like winning these games without even like getting extra base hits. You know, scoring runs without hits, things like that. So it was just uh, fascinating to watch. They're both deserving. Should be a good series. It's great to have Kansas City in there. It's certainly a team that all of America can get behind, to put it mildly. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be great, to say the least. Um, the Giants, you know, third World Series in five years, 2010, 2012, 2014. So they like those even years. And, uh, you know, I liked, also liked the Giants even since my childhood. Those are the games I used to go see in Pittsburgh were Giants at Pirates when I was a kid growing up. And... Uh, so I'm enjoying the Giants' uh, run here in recent years, and uh, and the crowds at both places are just fantastic. So it'll be fun to see them. It'll be fun places to watch the World Series broadcasts. Uh, you know, just great fan support, and uh, it's going to be great. The Fall Classic, and best thing of all, it doesn't even have to interfere with football this weekend because it doesn't start till Tuesday. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham from Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The Sports Girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. It's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing very well, John, very well. I'm in the Magnolia State, or some people might call it the college football capital of the world at the moment, Mississippi. Mississippi. The number one and number three team in the country, right? <laughs> I'm tell- I mean, that, that is hard to believe, John. I never thought I'd live to see that day. I know. Next thing you know, the Kansas City Royals will be in the World Series, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it when truth is stranger than fiction. And if somebody would have said that to you, Amir, less than a month ago, three weeks ago, you'd, we'd have all been laughing. Mississippi oh, yeah, State number sure. one, Mississippi number three, and Kansas City Royals in the World Series. That would have sounded downright comical a mere three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, you would have been laughed at by everybody. Totally. So, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're, you're in Alabama, you're driving to Alabama, but yet you're in Mississippi on the way. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. It's the best way to come up from around the Mobile area. It's a pretty good highway country in Mississippi, and it, it joins right up uh, in Meridian, and you just head east on the interstate at about 90 miles, and you're right in Tuscaloosa. Hey, there's worse places to be along the way. That sounds like a fun drive. And uh, we obviously want to talk about the game you're covering tomorrow, which is Texas A&M at Alabama. Two years ago, that, of course, was the day that the legend of Johnny Manziel was born. We all remember that well. And uh, But yet, let's talk about a game that you already were covering, which was last Saturday night. You were in the great city of New Orleans covering the Yukon. You, have, you also having uh, lived in Connecticut at Tulane at their new... I don't know how new it is, but they have a nice on-campus outdoor stadium, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, John. Actually, it's brand new. That Their first home brand game new. was against Georgia Tech, and it's called Yulman Stadium. 
and it's right there on campus, a, a beautiful setting in New Orleans, and uh, it was a night game. They had a little shower, and a rainbow came over the stadium prior to the kickoff, so it was, it was an excellent evening. Um, and, and Tulane was actually quarterbacked by Nick Montana. That name sounds familiar. It, it is. It's Joe Montana's son. That's right. And I was tuning at, into parts of the game. And uh, sure enough, Joe and his wife were there, right? They sure were. They sure were. So I was thinking sure of you when I saw that. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was not much offense in that game, but just enough to come out with a victory. Yeah, well... It must have been nice. I mean, New Orleans is great, obviously, but, you know, to me, the Garden District of New Orleans, which, is, of course, is where Archie Manning raised his, his boys, and uh, that's where Tulane is located, and uh, as well as Loyola University. To me, it's one of my favorite streets in the country, um, period, in the world. I just love that. Uh, where you take the... Uh, the, the cable car type, I'm not sure what it's called, subway, cable car, whatever, but, you know, those green public transportation, train-type vehicles uh, right up that beautiful, beautiful street, the main street there through the Garden District, and it's just, uh, it's classic Old South, and it's just as good as it gets. Tulane is just, again, one of the most beautiful settings for a university I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's very pretty, uh, John, and it's outside of uh, downtown New Orleans, and it, it, the, the stadium really abuts housing right there on campus. Housing, so it's a pretty field, and uh, I really enjoyed my evening there. And I never uh, pass up an opportunity to go to New Orleans. Yes. The, the Wise man, wise man. No one should ever pass up an opportunity to go to New Orleans. Uh, you know, when the Super Bowl was down there a couple of years ago, I was just, uh, there's just something to be said uh, about being able to stay downtown and, you know, walk to the stadium or in the case of Super Bowl week, as you know, uh, you know, walk to the media center, which is often at the town city convention center or what have you. But when it's all centered downtown, it sure makes uh, makes life a lot easier for the media, the fans, the players, everybody. So uh, I'm a big fan, to say the least. And uh, it's great. It's awesome that you can, like, drive to New Orleans pretty much any time you want, right? Yes, yeah, about two and a half hours. It's one of the easiest journeys you ever made, John. It's just over there on I-10, and I-10 actually starts in Jacksonville and heads all the way to Los Angeles, if I want to get really ambitious. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can head out to the Rose Bowl, right? Go out to the college, semi- <laughs> a college playoff semifinal with the Rose Bowl. Actually, speaking of that, that's funny. Uh, the interesting coincidence that I would say that, since the other college semifinal is in New Orleans. Is that the type of thing you might go to? On New Year's night? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to attend uh, one of those semifinals if Alabama's playing, and uh, I look forward to it. I, You know, if it's in New Orleans, that's fine, but if it's in Los Angeles, that's that's great as well. Yes, either, either one works, that's for sure. Uh, so, 
Yeah, Nick Montana. Now, did he transfer to Tulane from somewhere? Yeah, he did. I, I thought he came from the um, University of Washington. Yes, you're right. That's where I thought he came from. And, the Huskies, and Steve that, Sarkeesian. He has that body type, that same type of frame as, as a Betty. It's, it's you know, slight, but, you know, nimble feet and a, a soft touch when he throws the ball. And uh, they were able to get one touchdown. That's all they needed. Uh, you know, the Texas was scoring 12 to 3. They could have trouble scoring. So you know, he, he ended up, he was out Washington and had to go to junior college and he transferred from the junior college. So uh, he played last year at Tulane. Uh, and this year he started that game. He went all the way to finished up. That's great. How does he look? Yeah, he, he has some ability. He's an accurate passer. And uh, like I say, he reminds me of his daddy, the way he moves and, and his throwing motion. So, you know, I don't know if he's NFL-ready type, but I'm sure he, he'll get a, a tryout from someone. Excellent. Yeah, right. Based on genes alone, you might, uh, you know, give someone with the last name of Montana a look-see. Uh, what well, can it hurt, right? You never know. No, it can't hurt him at all. It sure can't. It really can't. And uh, I'm, I'm sure he's happy down there and enjoying his time in New Orleans. I'm looking forward to pursuing an NFL career. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of NFL careers, you'll be seeing a few of them tomorrow when you cover the Texas A&M at Alabama game in Tuscaloosa. Uh, what do you see from that game? Obviously, their last two meetings have been near legendary, to put it mildly. Yeah, John, just to, just to give you know, an idea of the Texas A&M offense and, and how well they have performed against Alabama, they scored 71 points in two games. It was uh, 29 the first time when they upset Alabama two years ago in Tuscaloosa, and then they came back with 42. Well, for instance, Auburn has scored 76 points against Alabama in the last four years. Uh, Mississippi State has only scored 58 points since against Nick Saban since the year 2007. So wow. to score 71 points in two games, I mean, Alabama has not found a way to stop having someone offense. Having someone Exactly. Um and a and going to come in hungry after uh, both Mississippi schools took it to them in the last couple of weeks, right? Oh, yeah. It, it, it's going to be a game, John, of Texas A&M's offense against Alabama's defense. And, you know, the, the, the Alabama's second scoring defense, of course, Texas A&M is tops in the conference. They score about 43.9, 44 points a game. And... Uh, Alabama's 10th in scoring, and Texas A&M, their 10th in scoring defense. They give up 22 points a game. So um, I'm, I'm thinking that Alabama will play better at home. They've been struggling, John. This, this year, the profile for Alabama is they've made quite a few mistakes, um, penalties, offsides, holding, and they're turning the ball over with regularity, which is an unmixed saving life. So uh, this team, you know, they're not as talented. Uh, you know, their, their offense has, has been uh, sliding in the wrong direction. Uh, 17 points against Ole Miss. 
and then 14 points against Arkansas. So they need to, you know, you would think they have to score at least 30 points this weekend to be in the ballgame. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of Nick Saban, uh, he had some interesting comments this week about the uh, uh, degree of difficulty of the victory over Arkansas, shall we say. Not a happy man. No, no, he sure wasn't. Uh, you know, because at Alabama there's high expectations, and and I had a chance this week to interview Leroy Jordan, and I asked him that very question about do you think the expectations are too high at Alabama, and maybe do that, does that affect the players? And he said, well, at a place like Alabama or the Dallas Cowboys where you played for 14 years, if you don't have high expectations, you, you might be in the wrong place. So exactly. I, I think exactly. Nick Saban's comments, um, I, I understand uh, that people were dissatisfied with a one-point victory, but I think there's a broader uh, picture that he, he should have addressed, which is the team is offensively struggling. And I don't think people are dissatisfied with a win as, why are you not scoring in this day and age more than 14, 17 points? Because to survive in that league, I believe you're going to have to come up with better efforts on the offensive end. So, you know, he ranted and raved against fans and critics because they were, weren't, weren't totally uh, jumping up and down about a one-point victory. But you had beaten Arkansas 52 to nothing for two straight years. And then... It's a one-point victory on the road, and you you, you kind of just hung on. You know, the defensive play at the end of the game, uh, Landon Collins make that interception. Arkansas was driving; they could have had a field that won the game. So, uh, you know, those are my feelings about Nick Saban's coming. Yeah, well, I was watching uh, that game. It was great. It was a great ending. I mean, you know, if you, if, if the goal is to watch competitive endings, we certainly had one in that game, and. Uh, you know, it had some unusual twists and turns there at the end. And, uh, you know, I thought it was just great football to watch from a neutral point of view. And, uh, you know, I totally get the expectations. Uh, well, you know, Nick Saban has been more and more vociferous, I think, over the last couple of years. And that comes with three national championships uh, about saying what's on his mind. It's just that simple. He is not shy. No, no, he he is the uh, choir master, and he's always been the one to be the leader of the Alabama program, and the, the, the Alabama people have fallen in line, and whatever song he's singing, they're repeating it, uh, you know, every, every day <laughs> at the water Correct. cooler, you know, downtown at the restaurants or whatever. He, whatever he says, that that's the gospel. Absolutely. No question. Um, well, enjoy. It's going to be a good one. Again, you have a A&M squad who started off the year like gangbusters beating South Carolina to open the season. But I think we can all agree South Carolina is not as good as we thought they were the night A&M rolled them. Um, but they've been smoked two weeks in a row. The last one at home by Mississippi. Ole Miss just really dominated that game uh, down in College Station. And uh, and then you have Alabama with just what we talked about, coming off a close victory over Arkansas and Saban, you know, saying what he said. And so I, I think, and then you throw in the last two years, 
uh, of those games. I, I think it's going to be a great setting. It's clearly one of the top games of the of the day tomorrow. Yeah, you know, John, last week, Ole Miss, I mean, we talked about this prior to the Alabama game. They are very fast on the edge, and that gave A&M fits. So now it's up to Alabama to learn some lessons from that game, and Alabama needs to get the running game going. They, they don't seem to be opening up the holes like they've done in past years and keep that A&M quarterback off the field and get some long drives going. That'll, that'll help towards winning this game. So, yeah, I can't wait to watch the game tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, that's one of the games of the day. But the game of the day is tomorrow night. It's clearly Notre Dame at Florida State and all the swirl around Jameis Winston. And we're going to talk about that on the other side after the break. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., the game of the day tomorrow is actually at night, and it's Notre Dame at Florida State. And uh, once again, we have the Jameis Winston uh, constant controversy swirling about. Right now, there's two issues. <laughs> um, not even one. Now it's up to two. That would, of course, be the autograph thing and whether or not he took money or 
the uh, student contact hearing that's pending. Uh, saw a headline this morning, AP, that said that, quote, thousands of Jameis Winston signed items are appearing on the Internet now. So the stakes just keep getting higher. The story just keeps getting stranger. John, I, I, I don't have an explanation. You, you, you hear this every year, and you think, well, maybe somebody will pay attention, but it just the next story gets bigger, where you find somebody had signed a few items, and the next person is, you know, it's in the hundreds, now it's in the thousands. I don't know how to address this situation. It just be, like I said before, I think it's an act of defiance, and you know, they don't care how it affects their team, their teammates, their hometown, their university, their state. It's just an indifference that it goes beyond anything I can comprehend. Yeah, it's just the only word I can use is, you know, it's just nonstop. It's just one thing after the other. And now, you know, again, it's not even like one issue uh, before the biggest game of the year. Uh, it's, you know, now there's two kind of issue so it's it's you know comically you know hard to keep track if you will um he now he grew up in alabama ap you know and obviously with your roots there i mean was there anything to ever indicate this in his background or his history it's just uh at some point you you have to wonder is, is this a guy who like wants it to end badly or wants you know, once this type of negative attention, you know, it clearly doesn't bother him between the white lines. No, yeah, he, he was highly recruited by Alabama and Nick Saban. They really wanted him, but they had some quarterbacks there at the time, and so he, he went to Florida State. He had a relationship with Jimbo Fisher, and uh, he chose to go to Florida State. It was a good, a, a good choice for him. He won a national championship. Correct. He he hasn't lost a game that he started, right? No, has yet to yet to lose a game. He's played superbly ever since he took the field against Pittsburgh on a Monday night, I believe, Labor Day weekend last year. He's yep, been we talked about that on the show the next day. I remember that vividly. Tremendous offensive team with him at the helm. Yeah. Well, you know, and then we have Notre Dame. They're they're, they're their own story with you know Everett Golson. Quite a story with how, you know, he's come back after sitting out the year and he just looks fabulous. Uh, you know, I watched that game against Syracuse where he, I believe, tied the all-time college record of completing 23 in a row or something like that. Uh, you know, and then they had their own troubles uh, with, you know, the three players uh, suspended from the team. And I guess it's pretty much come out this week that, they are not returning to this team, period. They may return right. next year. So, you know, I guess it's just the way college football is, you know, for the most part these days. There, there's yeah, No one is immune from that, that virus of, of players behaving badly, John. Correct. Bingo. Well said. Well said. So what do you call for in the game, AP? What do you think? It's, it's well, John, to this point, you know, game of the year. Look at the defensives first, and... You know, Notre Dame gave up 43 points last week to North Carolina. So I don't think that bodes well for the Irish, but if they can get a couple turnovers and uh, 
you know, stop Florida State from scoring and, and, and score on the other end, they have a chance. They have a chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame is, uh, you know, they're Notre Dame. Number, one thing's for sure, they know how to play in big games. This is uh, an on-the-big stage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is certainly that and more. Uh, you know, it just seems like yesterday, and it was just a couple weeks ago, where we had the game without Jameis, where, you know, the Saturday night game against Clemson, where Florida State, you know, was able to keep their winning streak alive, which is now, I think, at 20 games, all under Jameis Winston, except for that game, obviously, where, where he's suspended. Uh, but, yeah, and, you know, it's a great that, atmosphere. I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think Florida State's defense is near as good as it was last year. Correct. I agree with that. The Irish. I totally agree with that, AP. They're, uh, you know, they're vulnerable there. You know, I happened to watch the uh, beginning of the North Carolina State game, and, you know, North Carolina State just came quickly out of the box and ran up a big lead. And, you know, that, but at the, by the end of the day, that, that hadn't phased Florida State either. So, uh, you know, this is a team that's been tested, uh, but nothing like tomorrow night. Not this year, so far. And uh, so, yeah, it's exciting. It's really going to be, uh, you know, a good one to watch. You know, it has that big game feel. These two teams have a history. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's a game to get excited about, that's for sure. Yeah, Notre Dame, John, they're used to playing in big games and, and playing in hostile venues. So they could they could pull the upset. Like I say, Florida State has shown their vulnerability on, on defense and uh, you just don't know if this is going to be the time that Jameis Winston doesn't pull a rabbit out of his hat. Correct. I would say if Florida State is indeed vulnerable, especially their defense, you know, it's going to get exposed tomorrow night. Notre Dame is good enough to do that. There's no question whatsoever. Yeah, they're a solid offensive team. I think the trouble Notre Dame has is up front defensively. They, they're good against the run, not as good with the pass rush, although they do blitz, and, and the secondary is really going to be challenged. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, to again just seeing the atmosphere, the setting. Uh, it's you know, ESPN's you know, John, been running. When you're when you're watching this game, this could be a Heisman moment for, for Golson. Really, he, yes. he could uh, elevate. Um, right now, it's been a Mississippi State quarterback is in the lead, and Everett Golson could could launch himself and. That could be a signature moment, and that'd be pretty hard to overcome if you beat Florida State down in Tallahassee on national television on a Saturday night. Exactly, exactly. The, early in the year, it feels like there's been more Heisman candidates dropping out of contention than, you know, raising their profile. Uh, Zach Prescott, notwithstanding, Dak Prescott, notwithstanding, and uh, but yeah, I mean. There's really no better comeback story in college football than Everett Golson. I mean, two years ago, he led them to the national championship game where they were just blown out, obviously, by Alabama. But, you know, sits out a year, 
here he is back and you know you talk about undefeated record things like that or, or close to it during the regular season you know th- this guy's putting together quite a career and he could certainly put an exclamation point of sorts on it tomorrow night yeah it really is a remarkable uh, story for Everett Golson to come back did out one year and now he's leading his team to undefeated and have a goal an opportunity no pun intended right to, to uh, be Florida State and Dale Aspen, the number one team the number one player in the country yeah it's going to be great um, well I can't wait, and uh, we have still another number of big college games tomorrow that we can talk about, but, you know, it's always nice to have a, enter a college football weekend with uh, just, you know, a marquee game, and in this case, it's the game of the year up to now, um, and I think it's going to be a good one, but we'll touch on some of the other big games tomorrow after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is, no surprise, Notre Dame at Florida State, the game of the year thus far in college football. But another intriguing game tomorrow, A.P., for a couple of reasons, is uh, Baylor at West Virginia. You were just in Morgantown just a few weeks ago yourself. I used to cover the Mountaineers. The game's at noon Eastern time. Uh, you may remember that two years ago, the final score of this game, uh, Baylor at West Virginia, was something that sounds like 77 to 70. 
the quarterback then was someone you may have heard of and watched on TV last night, Geno Smith for West Virginia. If I'm not mistaken, in that game, he threw six or seven touchdowns. It was one of the great games of, of recent years, if you like, <laughs> high scoring. Speaking of which, high scoring, Baylor last week winning 61-58, to 58, <laughs> uh, including coming back from 21 down in the fourth quarter. That was amazing, you know, against a very good TCU team. That's what needs to be uh, emphasized here. That was just a, a spectacular game. And we talked earlier about the Heisman. Uh, Bryce Petty has to be in the conversation, too. Oh yeah, he, he's definitely in the running with that that performance, and uh, they have a. We spoke about it last week. Baylor is one of the teams that has a chance to go undefeated. They don't have that conference championship game at the end of the year, and they have a favorable schedule. There's a few games, you know, that are going to challenge them. But you know, speaking of that West Virginia series, John, it was two years in a row somebody scored seventy in the game. Correct. Correct. Uh, well, you know, uh, I love games from Morgantown. Uh, I, I was at the first game ever held in that stadium. I'm literally looking at a picture of John Denver that I took from 10 feet away singing Country Roads uh, back when I covered the Mountaineers. And uh, you know they're going to show up. And uh, they have a pretty good quarterback themselves in Clint Trickett. You were down there. You can relate, AP. I mean, the atmosphere in Morgantown, where you interviewed, by the way, uh, Oliver Luck, I believe, the athletic director of WVU. Uh, there's no place quite like Morgantown. It is going to be rocking tomorrow, no question. Oh, oh yeah, they're, they're going to be fired up. It, it's a great atmosphere, and and uh, this, this game against Bill, I don't. John, I don't know if the team has scored 70 points two years in a row against the team. I, I guess it's happened at some point in college football. If you check the record, long enough, you'll come up with a stat, but two years in a row, 70 points. 70, yes. You know, 70 and 70 plus points. So I would say the scorekeeper that day, he better have an extra helping of Wheaties for breakfast. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, because there's going to be. Uh... Again, it's funny. I just remember you and I watch a lot of college football, so you know sometimes it tends to run together a little bit. But boy, that game from two years ago, I remember watching that like it was yesterday. I mean, it, it was literally maybe more than any other game I've seen uh, up until last Saturday. <laughs> Baylor TCU was uh, that that defined the description of you know video game football. It really did. Yeah. My, you know, in my mind's eye, I just see those two teams going up and down the field. Uh, what Geno Smith did that day was utterly incredible. I, I do believe it set, you know, some all-time college football records that still may be standing yeah. today. Yeah, I, I think, John, the most surprising thing was, you know, Gary Patterson, he's noted as a defensive coach. He must have been so frustrated on the sideline watching that, you know, the 21 point. Uh, fourth quarter lead evaporate right in front of his eyes. I mean, he had the chance to, to take hold of that Big 12, and it just it slipped through their hands. Yeah, let's not forget the week before, last week, as in 13 days ago, they beat uh, TCU, beat Oklahoma, then the, I believe, number four team in the country. And, uh, 
you know, that, that win got lost a little bit because that's when Mississippi upset Alabama, Mississippi State smoked uh, Texas A&M and Starkville, and, you know, that game just got lost in, the, in that big shuffle that day. And, uh, you know, it just... Uh, so then they go out to Baylor, and one of the more interesting calls obviously, of the season, really, that, you know, has been getting some, you know, some airplay, not a lot, but, you know, simply Gary Patterson going for it on, I believe, fourth and three from around midfield, game on the line. He converts, they win the game, period. The guy threw a pass, quarterback threw a pass, and, you know, it was well-defensed. Uh, would have been about a 10, 15 yard pass, easily getting the first down, but quite a call yeah. that has not gotten a lot of as much airtime as I believe it deserves. I think it was one of the more interesting calls of the year. Yeah, John, that was a, uh, a type of uh, play call that the coach earns his money and it didn't work out in his favor. I, I mean, to tell you the truth, I might have done the same thing. Oh, me too. I have no problem with Scott Baylor and. He just went for it all on one play. I mean, so I yeah, I love those I calls. Can't, I, mean, I can't criticize him too much on that score for, for you know attempting to grab hold of the game with one play and have his team come away with a, 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 a victory on the road. Yeah, I have absolutely no criticism of the call whatsoever. Maybe a little criticism of the play itself. Uh, they right. went for something that was like a 10 to 15 yard gain over on the sidelines, whereas, you know, they only needed three yards and maybe a, a better actual play. But no, I have right. no problem with the call. They, he, he knew and everybody else knew they weren't stopping Baylor. And it's not like by punting there, making them go an extra 30, 40 yards that it was going to make a whole big difference. I mean, Baylor can move down the field literally that quickly. So I, I, I like the call. I just thought that the play, he could have called a bit of a you know safer play. The, there was too many things could go wrong, be it on the sidelines or just too long. They only needed three yards, and uh, you know the play was for like 10 to 15. Yeah, I mean, the play call, you, you could definitely dis- dispute that that decision, but to, to go for it on fourth and three when you change defense, but I, I don't, I, I can't criticize him for that move. No, no, in fact, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, well, as always, there are other, you know, fascinating games tomorrow as well. Uh, we'll just stick with the SEC. <laughs> Number three team in the country, Mississippi. Fun to say that. Uh, playing Tennessee tomorrow. So, uh, you know, any SEC game is a good SEC game. It's just that simple. Uh, Mississippi's been on a roll. I think everybody was really pretty impressed. I mean, what they did to, you know, to upset Alabama is one thing in Ole Miss, but to go out to College Station in front of over 100,000 people and control that game from the opening kickoff, uh, you know, against the Texas A&M team who had been beaten soundly by Mississippi State the week before, you know, I don't think anybody was really looking for that. Nobody was looking for the, you know, the domination showed by Mississippi. 
and most people were picking Texas A&M to win outright, period. So Mississippi, uh, pretty impressive what they're doing right now. Got to hand it to them. Yeah, and you know, of all the things that have been accomplished this season, and I think maybe holding Texas A&M scoreless in the first half, maybe at the top of the list. There you go. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, AP. Excellent observation. Yeah, again, Tenny Hill. I haven't gone over everything, but you know, from Alabama's perspective, they can't stop them in warm-ups in the game. Eleven people on the field, twelve people. They can't stop them at all. Mississippi shut them out. So uh, that, that caught my attention. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The uh, again, yeah. It's just uh, Kenny Hill, the quarterback for Texas A&M, was you know. The early was the story in the first couple weeks of the season based on his start against South Carolina. So, yeah, it was amazing. You made, That's a really good point. They shut them out in front of, you know, <laughs> a raucous, raucous home crowd, to, uh, to put it mildly. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, a fascinating game. To watch, no doubt about it, and uh, yeah, Mississippi at Tennessee, and Tennessee's building that program. And the other game of it, note to me, is Georgia at Arkansas. Uh, Georgia, and we're down under two minutes. Hard to believe, but looks like uh, the jury's still out on whether or not Todd Gurley's going to play. Yeah, I hadn't heard anything otherwise, John. Uh, but. You know, they have a capable replacement. It's not Todd Gurley, but he, he did a very good job last week. And in Arkansas, there's still a team that's that's close and trying to learn to come away with a victory. Uh, Georgia seems to be recovered from their early season, you know, difficulties. They're playing well in spite of losing Todd Gurley. So I, I expect them to win the game. It'll probably be close because Arkansas – is is a hungry team looking for that first win and uh, you know it's double digits now they they haven't won in the, in the conference so but I still think Georgia will win. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, like most big football programs, uh, you know they lose to even a guy like Todd Gurley, but yet they have uh, these hosts of other running backs they can you know bring in to replace them and uh, yeah. I mean, they look great. They really do. Uh, they had a huge, huge win. The first game without Todd Gurley was they went up to Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, and beat, you know, beat the Tigers, who were, of course, in last year's SEC championship game against Auburn. So, impressive victory and the way to kind of show the country and then the rest of the SEC that they're going to be fine without Todd Gurley, correct? Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine without him. And uh, that, that was a very impressive victory to go on the road. Anytime you want in, on, you know, an SEC road game and you can win, that that's impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of another show. Thank you, as always, for your contributions. Enjoy the Texas A&M at Alabama game in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. Uh, wish I was there. Sounds like fun. I wish you were too, John, and thanks a lot. It's always a pleasure to come on your show and look forward to next week. Me too, AP, and once again, as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.